members, brother. And if you, listen, they wouldn't forgive you. They'll never give you a second chance. But David gave Michael a second chance. And I'm going to speak on the wonderful gospel of the second chance. Now, I want to clear up something before we stand to sing, or before we stand to read the scripture. And then uh, I'll pray, and I'll not preach long. Some of you like that. Uh, some of you like that. I tell you that you don't preach long. But listen to me. Listen to me here before we stand. There is no second chance after death. I want to straighten you out on that, brother. Where a tree falleth, there shall it lie. And if you die in your sins, Jesus said you can't come where I am. A man dies lost, he's going to hell. And if he dies saved, he's going to heaven. And if he ever gets saved, he'll be saved. Amen. God may have knocked a few knots on his head, but he'll get in, praise God. Put it down. All right. Now take your Bible tonight. Each night I'll bring you messages about Bible characters tonight. Michael. Now, here's the only thing I, I don't like about Michael here. Uh, this is a boy's name. I, I, I think girls ought to have girl names, don't you think so? I believe women ought to look like women. Men ought to look like women. Women say amen. I believe that. I believe that a woman ought to look like a woman. I believe that she ought to have a, a name, but this, boy, this Michael business kind of disturbed me when I started studying about Michael, the wife of David. Now look with me, please, if you will. And let's stand. That'll give you just a moment to stand. I'll get right into the message. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 20, and then we're going to turn over to the 6th chapter of 2 Samuel, and I'll read you uh, verse 16 and then bring you the message. Now, the Bible said in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 20, And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David, and told Saul, and the king, and the thing pleased him. Now, listen to what it said. And I'm going to show you later on. The only thing pleased Saul about this, he had a chance to get even with David. He said, he'll marry my daughter, and I'll get even with him. Marry my daughter, of course, I guess. I guess a lot of people get even with you if you married their daughter. Say amen right there. I guess a lot of them could. But listen, I want to see how this reads. It said, And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. And he hated David. And he said, Boy, old Michael's full of the devil, and you'll be sorry you married her, and I'll get even with you right there. Now look in Second Samuel chapter 6 if you have your Bible. And uh, open uh, there at verse 16, chapter 6. And the Bible said, As the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, that, that is Jerusalem, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And she despised him in her heart. You see, she couldn't get in that thing. Uh, she didn't want to get in it. And David was shouting and leaping and praising God. And Michael looked out the window and laughed and mocked and scoffed at holy things. Miss, you better be careful what you're laughing about. Better be careful how you make fun of holy things. But to hear, now, let me give you this, and then I'm going to let you be seated, and I'm going to bring you the message. I want you to keep your Bible open at one of those places. I want you to write down four W's that divide the life of this woman, Michael. But before you're seated, let me say something. In the English language, when you say two things in one sentence, and they're contradictory, it's a paradox. So we're going to take what the Bible says in uh, uh, 1 Samuel 18, 20, and she loved David. 
And then we're going to take what he said in 2 Samuel chapter uh, 6 and verse 16. And she despised David. That's a paradox. And the scripture said, and Saul's daughter, Michael, loved him, but she despised him. How can that be? In just a moment, I'm going to bring you the message on the wonderful the message of a second chance. Would you be seated over the house, Father? Thank you for every blessing that we've enjoyed already here in the church. I, I want to thank you for Brother Don, his people, for the prayers they prayed and for the gifts they've given and for all that they've done. And I thank you, God, for every preacher that's gathered here with us tonight. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless them. I pray that this week, Lord, that they'll get a touch of the revival that's here at Friendly Chapel. I pray they'll go back to their churches with mighty revival and so winning blessings because revival comes. I pray, Heavenly Father, you bless every night in the singing. It's been good and we're glad that you gave us a new song and you blessed us. And what a blessing that is now. Father, we come to open up the Word of God and I pray in Jesus' name that you'll speak to every heart and every soul and may when we recognize that God is long-suffering, that God is patient with us, that God is a forgiving God, that we'll leave here with a different idea about a second chance than we had when we came here tonight. And all you do, we'll praise you and we'll thank you, Lord, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I want to speak to you on the subject the glorious gospel of a second chance. And I'm glad that God many times in the Bible gave a second chance. But tonight we're going to study about David. David that married this woman, the daughter of Saul. And her name was Michael. And David gave her a second chance. And then later on he said, I'll never give you another chance. She got to the place. She wouldn't accept it. And God wouldn't give her another chance. I'll show you that in the clue. But let me give you three in the Bible. I could give you many that God gave a second chance to. First of all, let's look at Jacob. After nearly 30 years away in the land of Egypt, God said, Jacob, arise. I want you to go back to Bethel, back to the house of God, back to the place of blessing. I'm going to bless you again. I'm going to give you another chance. And that old heel snatcher and that old deceiver and that old crook went back and God let him wrestle with a strong man at the river of death and the scripture says that this man had a new name thank God God put a new name on him did you know I'm so glad God put a new name on me it's a new name written down in glory oh what a blessing that is you say preacher what did God do for Jacob he gave him a new name God gave him a second chance now let me say this to you. Somebody said, I don't need a second chance. I believe everybody in this building, if you'd be honest with me and honest with God, there are times when you need another chance. You fumble the ball. There's times when you need to come back and say, God, give me another chance. I want another chance. What a wonderful message. Not only Jacob, but Jonah. I preached on the book of Jonah the other night, the four chapters. But oh, you say, preacher, what about Jonah? Jonah got a fish 
ride and seaweeds and gassy juices. And he said, I'll go the way I please. I don't like those old Ninevites. I'm headed for a better country. And he bought his ticket to Tarshish. And he started out, but he didn't get very far. And when he got in the belly of that fish, he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord said, Jonah, I'm going to give you a second chance. That old fish got sick. And when that fish got sick, that fish spewed him up on the land. And oh, I'm glad that God gave Jonah a second chance. But in the Bible, Simon Peter, and God gave him a second chance. Why, Simon Peter denied the Lord. Have you ever denied the Lord of glory? Have you ever denied the Lord that saved you? Have you ever been ashamed of the things? that are spiritual and godly and holy, mister. Well, the scripture says that when Jesus needed a friend, Simon followed afar off and he had fire by the, he warmed by the devil's fire and finally he denied the Lord. Oh, and he went out and wept bitterly when the Lord looked at him. Somebody said, preacher, what did the Lord say to Simon? I believe he looked over without opening his mouth and said, said she was ashamed of me. You denied me. But I'm going to give you a second chance. Glory to God. And brother Simon became a great preacher and a mighty fan of Baylor. God gave him a second chance. But tonight we're going to look at David and his wife Michael. And I'm going to show you how God gave through David this woman a second chance. There are four W's we're going to see as keys that open up the story of Michael. The first is a weak love. Now the Bible said she loved David, but if you'll study the scripture, it was a head love, and it wasn't a heart love. I believe there are a lot of church members tonight, and they got weak love, and they don't have strong love, brother, they don't have love that it caused them to pay the price to get the blessings of God, and Michael had a weak love. You say, what's the matter with her? It was kind of a surface love. It didn't reach a way down, and I'll show you in a moment why it didn't reach a way down, but did you know my friend, the strongest cord and the strongest power under heaven is love. It love is the strongest thing that you've ever seen. Now, this is what the book says. First Corinthians chapter 13, he said, Now, by the faith, hope, and charity, which is love, and the greatest of these is love. Love will make you sacrifice. Love will make you do what nothing else will make you do for the Lord if you really love him. John 21, Jesus said, Do you love me more than this fishing? And love us, thou me. I wonder if Jesus were to say to you tonight, Love us, thou me. Do you love us? Are you here, love us? Love the things of God. Do you love the brethren? Do you love the word of God? Do you love the holy things? This woman had a weak love. It wasn't a strong love at all. Years ago, there's a young boy. And... Uh, He's a real Christian. He fell in love with a Jezebel. That's pitiful, isn't it? Say amen right there. And he said, will you marry me? And she said, sure. I love you. And he said, but I'm going to be a missionary. Would you go to the mission field with me? And she said, because I love you, I'll go. But not because I love God that much. My love's not that strong. And so he said, well, I'll, I'll take you with me anyway. If you love me, we'll still go to the mission field. 
And then a few days later, he saw spots in front of his eyes. And if he saw spots in front of his eyes, my friend, he went to the doctor. And the doctor said to George, George, I've got sad news for you. I understand you're, you're going to the mission deal. But George, I understand you're going to marry Miss So-and-so. But George, you better think twice. Because in six months, you'll be blind as a bat. You see, you're going blind, George. You better ask that girl if she loves you enough, if it's strong enough to lead a blind man around. And you better be sure that you're willing to go to the mission field as a blind man before you go. And so a few weeks later, he met with this young bride-to-be and set her down in front of his mother and dad. And George Matherson looked her in the face, and George Matherson said, Do you love me enough to lead a blind man around all the rest of your days? Tears came in her eyes, and she jumped up and started wringing her hands and said, No, I can't marry a blind man. I don't love you that much. And she walked out on George Matherson. But a few weeks later, he sat down and wrote this immortal hymn, Oh, love that will not let me go. Thank God there's a love that's strong enough. Hallelujah, it'll hold you. There's a love that has a cord that's strong enough. But Michael's love was a weak love. Now you say, why? Well, let me give you just one reason, and I'll give you two whys, and we'll leave this. She loved the benefits of David, but she didn't love the man David. In that way, with a lot of people, they don't really love Jesus, but they love the benefits. I want you to know, mister, it's good to love him first, and then enjoy the benefits. Praise God. We got this thing backwards. Michael loved the benefits of being married to this man David. A lot of people just come to church for the benefits. They don't love the Lord. They come to church, bless your heart, because of what they get out of the things of coming to the house of God financially. That's a sad thing. But you say her love was weak. Why did she do two things? She did two things. Write them down. Number one, she desired David. Now, why would she say to David, I do love you. I do want you to be my husband. First, she desired David. I'll tell you why she desired David. She desired to be popular like David. You see, she knew that David had killed. He was a giant killer. And he was a national hero. And he'd be popular if she was married to David. There's a lot of people. Did you know that most religions popular today? You can cuss or two in pout and still have religion. Did you know that? Bless God, it won't interfere with anything that you live by. Oh, religion is a popular thing today. It's popular to say I'm a I, I go to church. It's popular to say, I want to tell you something. I believe that all people ought to be church people. I'll tell you when you stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ and say, He's mine. I'm His. I'll forsake father and mother and sister and brother. I want to tell you something, mister. You say, why did she desire to marry David? Because of the popularity that David had. She said, boy, when I walk down the street, they'll say, you're married to John Killer. You're married to a great king. Oh, popular. She said, I want to marry him because of his popularity. I said to my wife, I said to her one day, I said, why'd you marry me? She said, Lord, I don't know. 
But here's the woman that knew. She said, I'm married for popularity. I want to have the popularity that David has. I want to be popular, mister. Now notice the second thing. Not only she desired David, but she defended David. Now listen to me. Saul sent some men over to kill him. And Michael went up and woke David up and said, I'm going to put a dummy in bed. I'm going to put you out the window. And you hear me? You get out of here. My daddy's going to kill you. And she put a dummy in bed and made David go out the window. The next morning they discovered it. And the king said, I'll go down. She's my daughter. And I'm going to ask her why she did that thing. And he said, Michael, why did you defend David? Why? I was going to kill him. Why did you defend him? She is silent. She couldn't answer well, you know what? This is the best opportunity she ever had to say, Daddy, I love him. All to him I resign. Hallelujah. Daddy, I want you to know I'm not ashamed of him. I know he's not popular, but Daddy, I want you to know I'm not ashamed of him. He's mine and I'm his, but she didn't do that. You say, why? She knew that most of the people like David, she's a crap pleaser. She said, when I tell them that I defended David, oh, when I tell them that I defended the hero, I'll be popular with the crowd. Now, let me say something to you, brother. You ought to be a crowd, a crowd pleaser. If a church tries to please everybody in Pilot Mountain, you'll backslide before daylight. And if a preacher, bless God, is more interested in pleasing the crowd, oh, Pilot, that poor governor said, Cried out again. They said, Crucify Jesus. And the crowd, they said, Crucify him. And he pleased the crowd. I'll tell you, we've got too many people tonight. They're pleasing the crowd. And so the first thing we see about Michael, that was a weak love. Secondly, there were wasted years. Did you know she left David for years and years and years and years and years? The Bible said she left him. It broke his heart. He didn't want her to leave. And I want to tell you, when people leave Jesus, it breaks his heart. Oh, he don't want you to leave. Listen to me, I want you to get this tonight. She forsook him, but he didn't forsake her. She forgot about David, but David did not forget about Michael. You may forsake the Lord, but he'll never forsake you. You may... Listen to me. You may leave here tonight uh, and leave him out of your life. And let me let notice something. She left him. And when she did, it broke his heart. You know what she did? She drifted farther and farther and farther away. Now, you'll hear me something. When I studied Michael, when she left David, the many years she's gone, God didn't write a thing about her. God didn't tell you where she went. God didn't tell you what she did because she wasted those years. Let me tell you, when you leave the Lord, mister, you're going to waste your years. Every month, every day, every year that Michael stayed away from David, she couldn't do a thing. I want to tell you, mister, without Jesus, you can't do a thing. Without Jesus, brother, no man can do anything. Without the Son of God, brother, we're failures. And if we leave him, if we crowd Jesus on the outside of the church. Now, you put this down. Don't you ever forget this. You, you crowd that's the blessed Son of God on the outside, and you don't have anything left. Boy, when people come by here and say that's the Jesus house. 
because he lives in there. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, brother, that means something. But she left. And if you'll study this, you'll find that every day, every month, every week, every year that she is away from David, she didn't do one thing. She wasted her life. On the 29th of this month, the Lord willing, I'll be going back to Columbia, South Carolina for one day. But I like to go there for meetings. You know why? When they leave the church, they leave singing. If I could leave, live my life over again, I wouldn't waste my life. If I could live it over again, if you leave Jesus, mister, you're going to waste every day that you're away from him. If you leave the Son of God, mister, you're going to have heartaches and sorrows and miseries. Did you know that? When you leave the Lord, she left the Lord. She left me. I don't care how good you are and how humane you are, how much you give to the Red Cross. I don't care how much you go out here and give to the benevolent fund. If you're not given to the Lord, and if you're away from Him, it's nothing but a pile of ashes. All that a person does without Jesus, you can do nothing. Please, God, you can't do anything. You say, what she do? She wasted those years. Oh, wasted years. I could preach an hour on wasted years. I let a man to God in Georgia. Last year, 92 years old, that old man looked up at me, tears streaming down his cheeks, and I said, aren't you glad you're saved? He said, I sure am. But he said, I wish I'd have gotten saved a long time ago. I've been a drunkard and a gambler. He said, preach all those years that I've wasted. I want to say to every person here, if you're not with the Lord, some of you Christians used to walk with God and come to church and just with Him and your life counted and they wouldn't waste it. But you got away from God and away from Jesus and like Crackle who's away from David. She wasted those years. Many years. Finally she married another. Oh, she said, I'll get that man out of my mind. I'll marry another. And she married another. Wasted years. Nothing she did. You know what happened to the church? We married the world. Are you listening? Got away from God. We married the world. And when we married the world, we lost everything holy and precious and dear that God ever gave us. Everything holy and dear. First, weak love. Second, wasted years. Now write the third thing down. Wonderful Lord. David was a wonderful Lord. Oh, I could preach all night on how wonderful Jesus is. He had a wonderful Everything about him is wonderful. Say amen. Oh, there's nothing about the Lord that's not wonderful. Everything about the Lord Jesus is wonderful. I wonder Isaiah said his name. Shall be called wonderful. Now, that's not an adjective, brother. That's an ounce. He's name. You see, when you watch him walk up, say, Hello, Mr. Wonderful. Hallelujah. How do you like that? He's wonderful. He's wonderful. That's him. He's wonderful. That's his name, Mr. Wonderful. And he is wonderful. When nobody loved me, his wonderful love. So. Oh, you hear me? And when I've been weak, his wonderful strength has made me strong. He's a wonderful Lord. You say, why was David a wonderful Lord? Let me show you something. 
had an enemy called Abner. And I might preach on Abner one night. You need to be here. I preach on Abner. This is what the book says. David said, my foes are on my feet. I'm, I'm on a throne now. It's been years. And Abner wants to make up with me. And let me tell you something, mister. If somebody wants you to forgive them and you won't forgive them, something wrong with you somewhere around there. You'll never be blessed, brother, till you get everything straight now. You've got to forgive. If God's going to forgive you, you've got to confess. And ask God to forgive you of the bitterness and the gall. After said to David, he said, David, will you forgive me? David said, yeah, but you got to find Michael first. And if you'll bring Michael, I'll talk to you. And old Abner said, bless God, there's my chance. And he went somewhere out in the foreign land and he found Michael. And he brought her to this wonderful Lord. And when he brought her in, two things had happened to her in those wasted years. First, I want you to know she was bound by, she was bound by the habits of sin. And no one could set her free in that far country. But she had a wonderful Lord that could set her free. But the bondage of sin, you say, preacher, I know a man I wish he could quit drinking. Well, take him to the Keeler house. No, take him to Calvary. And Jesus, the wonderful Lord, can set him free. The only one can set him free. There she is. She's bound. But he's a wonderful Lord. The Bible said if the Son sets you free. <laughs> oh, you're free indeed. And here's a woman. She's been out in sin and she can't change. Nobody could break those chains but the King, the wonderful Lord. Then there's something else about it. Oh, you listen to me. Not only was she bound. But she came with the condemnation and the guilt. She couldn't look him in the face. I want to tell you, sin will make you look down. And guilt will make you look down. And she couldn't look him in the face. But he had grace. <laughs> He's a wonderful Lord. He can lift the load of guilt. And he can let you look him in the face. And someday I shall see him face to face. And tell the story. Preacher, what happened? He lifted that load. Nobody else can lift that load off of you. You can go see these doctors that call themselves psychiatrists, psychologists, and they'll tell your head shrink, shrinking up and ask you how old your grandma was when she quit dipping snuff and all sorts of What's that got to do with it, mister? You hear me? That, that person can't lift your load. And I'm glad I know a wonderful Lord that can lift your load. And praise the Lord. Are you listening? You'll be able to look him in the face. Amen. Say, my Jesus, all of that. Hallelujah. I like that. I can stay on that a lot longer, but let's come to the fourth statement tonight. Not only, now listen, she have a weak love. Not only did she waste the years she has away from David. Not only did she have a wonderful Lord, but she had a wicked life. The Bible said when old David got that ark, Praise God, he was a shouting and a leaping and a having him a time. And he said, I gotta take it back to the holy city. I gotta take it back to Jerusalem. Oh, you know what that ark meant? That God had come again. I'd like to say tonight, America needs God to come again, mister. America needs God to come again. Oh, 
David was so thrilled. Right on. I had time to talk about the art, but I don't have time. I'll teach you online. There was a rod of Abram sitting there. Then there's a pot of man. And I talk about it. You really just talk about that pot of man. You know what, it, what that stood for? It reminded them that when they was out there in the desert and didn't have any bread, that God sent the bread down out of heaven. And God fed him out of manna from heaven. And God will feed you. And God will clothe you. And God will take care of you. Old David said, go to God. He picked up that. Wonderful arch, and he went in, and he said, let me go in front of it. Boy, he said, I'm not ashamed of it. And did you know, as he went into the city of the Holy City, he was leaping and jumping and praising God. And as he leaped and jumped and shouted, my Bible said, Michael, looked out the window, and she despised him. Well, she said, I hated him. I despised him. Now, let me show you something. Stop that. You know why she did? She couldn't enter into the things David liked. She was spiritual, and she didn't appreciate the things of the Spirit. If you're spiritual and your wife's not spiritual, you'll have a hard time living for God. You'll go home to your wife and you spend all your time down at Friendly Chapel. I wish you had Friendly Chapel. Say amen. I'm telling you the Oh, are you listening to me? She could not enter in of the spiritual things with David. It's sad when people live and can't enter into the spiritual things. Well, that's all I want these days, spiritual things. Somebody asked me, he said, why did you hate most of the lifetime you had that bad heart attack? <clears throat> I didn't worry about that. I didn't worry when they took me down to the emergency room, had that bad one in the hospital. I'll tell you what bothered me. On Sunday morning, lying on my back at 11 o'clock, I wanted to be where the spiritual is. Oh, there's nothing like that being where God is and where God's people are and where you can fellowship and enjoy the spiritual things together. Oh, I love spiritual. I love this book. I love his church. I love his people. I love his friends. And here's Michael. She couldn't enter into the spiritual things with her. David didn't give up there. Took that ark on down to Jerusalem. He said, boys, Michael, she'll change her mind. Now, you watch this. I'm going to help you. He, he said, boy, I'm going to run into the house. Say, Michael! David came home and ran in and said, Michael! And Michael said, I'm here, David. He said, I brought the ark back, honey. I brought it back. And God's back from Jerusalem once more. You know what the Bible says? The Bible said she sneered him. She liked him. That wicked life. And that was the thing that drew the line. Listen to me. It drew the line. David said, I'm not going to throw you out. Oh, I'm not going to shove you out. I still love you. But I want to tell you something, Michael. I'm never going to give you another chance to get close to me. Michael! I'm never going to give you another chance to really share the inner love that I want to give you. That love, that deep love that I wanted to give you. Michael, you can't have a second chance now. Well, this was the, this was the moment when you laughed as I came in and told you we brought God back. 
He said, I can't give you another chance. And you know what the Bible says? Her womb became barren. And she couldn't have any children. She couldn't make love with David. This is what the book said now. And she died a pitiful woman. Oh, just a little ash pile. That's all. The scripture says, David said, I'm not going to give you another chance. I gave you a chance, the second chance. I was kind to you, Michael. I was kind to you. But I want to tell you, I'm just going to be good to you. You're just going to live here. You're going to be barren. And you're not going to feel my love. <laughs> Michael, I can't give you another chance. I can't give you another chance. What a sad thing that is. Men call me picking South Carolina. We're on radio down in South Carolina. This, by the way, this will go down there. He called me and he said, Maze, he said, my wife's going deep in Told me yesterday, Sunday, he said, you don't know how far she's fallen. And she curses me and laughs at me and talks about me going to church. But said, I want to tell you something, boy, don't quit praying for her. I haven't given up on her yet. Someday she's coming back. And over that phone, I could feel the warmth, the forgiveness, and a heart that was beating. He said, Maze, preacher Maze. He said, I have forgotten to pray for you every day, several times while you've been sick. But now I'm sick. She left me, Maze. I love her. She's bruised and broken. But Jesus can put her back together. Oh, you say, Brother Maze. I said to that man, give her another chance. Give her another chance. And I sure will, Maze. I'll give her another chance. Aren't you glad the Lord will give you another chance? But Michael got to the place where David said, I can't give you another chance. You'll end up a sad, barren woman. You'll never know my love. You'll never know joy of being my wife. He said, you'll die. You'll die a sad woman didn't take the second chance. Every head battered.